Grab your ancient guardian Furby and take flight on another family-friendly kaiju adventure this week as we come back to the often overlooked Toho trilogy. Will a more child-focused film be the key to success at the box office? Find out all about it and more within this episode. This is Kaiju vs. History, Rebirth of Mothra 2. Welcome back to Kaiju vs. History. This is your pint-sized cosmic co-host, Patrick, and joining me is a bulk and skull-style villain that becomes a friend, Miles. You say bulk and skull, I say dime store Harry and Marv <laughs> I <laughs> mean, <Home> alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, they also, they they have that, you know, kind of schlapstick. Oh, oh, we're talking about two different, you were talking about two different duos. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm who are you talking adults. about? You're, you're, you're talking about the, uh, the kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll talk about the adults, too. <laughs> oh, were you? <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the um, kids are, I mean, the kids are their they, own They are thing. very bulk and scully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Happy, happy New Year's, Miles. Uh, what better way to ring in 2024 than with a new Mothra film? <laughs> a I brand mean, new Mothra film. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm certainly psyched to kick off the new year with a a proper japanese kaiju always warms the dark recesses of my heart <laughs> but will will this movie be be celebratory we'll, we'll we'll find out this this is an interesting movie to me because this whole trilogy is kind of weird just because you know it takes place after the the end of the godzilla franchise as they knew it at the moment and, and decides to be its own continuity for whatever yeah, reason, which, like for, for no reason, really. I mean. Yeah, for no reason. And uh, I mean, it, I mean, it, throughout at least the two movies that we've watched, it does seem to establish its own lore and its own series of things and, and does feel very Showa in that aspect. Like, this feels more Showa than Heisei, to be honest, from super from the, duper, not just from the storytelling, but even from the production. Like if you told me these movies came out in like 1977, I'd believe you. <laughs> no. And then it's not a slam. I'm just saying that they they certainly feel like that. But the fact that this comes out in in December of 1997 in Japan, which I guess, well, that's 26 years ago now. Yeah, last year was the 26th anniversary for this movie. It's crazy how time flies with these kind of films. But uh, yeah, this is one I I thought I had seen before, but I think I've just watched reviews and kind of clips of the I, yeah i could have sworn i had seen this one before but and so in retrospect i think i had only seen the first rebirth of mothra i don't know if yeah I've i seen the third one either which is exciting because there's not many movies i haven't seen on this list yeah i, I must have too because i thought because i don't think we had the ability to see it until it came out on dvd right in in the late in the- 2000s yeah, I, I believe Rebirth of Mothra 1 and 2 came out when we were in high school, like 2000, 2001, somewhere in there. But before, uh, I guess before we, we talk more about this, Patrick, tell me what's in a title. Oh, <laughs> you would think this would just be Mothra 2, but it is Rebirth of Mothra 2. It's another Rebirth of Mothra title, though in Japan it is just uh, Mothra 2, and the subtitle is The Battle Under the Deep Sea. Great. Great title. I love it. It's okay. 
Actually, I got to give it to the Germans on this one. They, I think they have the best. Mothra, the Sunken Kingdom is a good title. I think I like having the two in there. It is at I, the very least, you know, hopeful that there's going to be more of these. But if they had called it Mo- Mothra to the Sunken Kingdom, I would have been that, that I would have been perfectly satisfied. I, I frankly think Rebirth of Mothra 2 is a terrible title. Uh, I mean, for the first movie, it's fine. For the second and third, it is not good. No, <laughs> I don't <it's> like it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Sweden called it Mothra 2, the battle under the surface. Fine. All these are fine. Yeah, it, it, it kind of gets to this is the ocean battle movie for. Yeah, this, and the, I mean, first, the first one's kind of like the the land battle because it's, you know, a, a grounded des Ghidorah, this one under the ocean. I think the next one is like very aerial. Yeah, I, and I'm, villains. I like a good sea monster. And, you know, frankly, despite a lot of our kaiju, like having ocean battles, I mean, I, I found that we have very few good sea kaiju. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ibra's fine. It's just a giant crab. What's what's the is Viros? Is that the Gamera one? No, Zigra is the Zigra. Zigra is the kind of swordfish. And, yeah, you know, you got. Don't forget Manda, right? <laughs> That's underwater. <laughs> sure, Patrick. You you tell yourself that. And then, you know, we have one this time who's a, a pretty neat design. Like the last movie, they kind of feel like, oh, this is a super powerful thing until it actually has to fight. And then it's like, well, there's not a whole lot Mothra can do. So we're just going to have the same back and forth that we had last time. The same, oh, Mothra's dying. And... <laughs> And this whole song and dance. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, hey, if it ain't broke, do not fix it, Miles. Yeah, this, this, this is, is an Evil Dead too. They don't. They don't improve anything. They um, don't, it's, they don't. Oh yeah. Well, but they. Not only that though. I. I think like unlike Evil Dead two, they don't give you any recap for the first movie. Like the first movie may or may not exist in both this world's storytelling and the audience's mind, even though it only came out a year before but they don't talk about events of the first movie the I mean the elias the 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 the, the little ladies don't really well, talk I, about I'm okay with that aspect because i mean i would imagine like different kids are going to pop up in the, in this in this series that that's fine yeah but belvera is the exact same honestly both of these movies so far have felt like they are the film production of a tv show like, like if there was a Mothra oh. TV show yeah. on air, like here's, oh, here, here's Mothra the movie. And like, well, to be honest, they, they reminded me, or this one, I, I would say the first one, it w- was more of a, a film production, though. This one reminded me a great deal of, maybe it's not, not a good thing, but Galgameth, which was a very television-like theatrical production. Like, it I was mean, crazy where they spent their budget on that film. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, look, I have some issues. I have issues with this movie. It's nowhere near as bad as Galgameth. But, <laughs> well, but no, there, there, but it definitely feels like if there was a TV show, like, you know, Belvera just popping up, doing her thing again, which I thought she was contained at the end of the first one. So yeah, this has to be a she, different continuity. No, she just kind of like oh, she, ran she just, just into the out. forest. Yeah. Okay, and I, I, I think one of the kids is like, we got to go after her. And, the two uh, other sisters are like, that's just what she does. You got to let her go, man. Yeah, but even at the end of this one, they were like, you know what? Maybe we need to stop her. <laughs> and I'm like, you think? Yeah, she kind of shows her, you know, a little bit of good under her evil facade. In kind of, of this movie. but that, she, 
uh, where else the kids go. But yeah, they're, but they're, the only reason I, I feel that this is it, this has to be a sequel is because we do have the Mothra Leo as the main Mothra. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously it is a sequel. They just don't really mention the first movie too much. Yeah, Moth- Mothra starts off as you know your your Rainbow Mothra in full power mode at the beginning of this movie, where a new monster appears on the scene, but first appears in the form of a starfish blight that starts attacking mm-hmm. fishermen off of Okinawa, which are called the Barim. And they're, they're cool. They actually remind me of Starro. <laughs> of Starro. They remind me of who else did that? Well, I, uh, the, I, I wonder if like someone had given them an, like an old justice league comic <laughs> with like all the Starros and stuff. And like, it's like, Oh, this would be a cool starfish. Like, they monster have, they're like two they're like purple and pink i think if if memory serves but yeah that they're they're pretty cool i i enjoy them and then we eventually well we're introduced to a couple of other creatures including the gogo gorgo go goga <laughs> oh and in the, in the subtitle version i was watching oh, they called him gorgo it sounded like they said gorgo in in that version yeah but it, it's it's i think Pronounce that oh, no, the subtitle. The subtitles that I had said Gorgo. Yeah, and it sounded like they're saying that, but I, I think it's supposed to be a Gogo, a a small Furby like creature, like you said earlier, it's, and it's, well, a small. Like, uh, imagine a Furby with your grandfather's eyes they, and they, chicken feet. They and, like, made a decision, Miles. Just they like, made lots of decisions with this thing, all of them terrifying. <laughs> but yeah, we eventually find the source of the starfish is a ancient sea beast known as Dagara, and it is linked to a ancient civilization and a people known as the Nalai Kanai. And this thing was created by the Nalai Kanai as like a, a trash man, like, you know, to take it, it was supposed to purify the ocean and it, it quickly kind of turned against its creators and, and wiped them out. And then I guess went into hibernation <laughs> to decide to just come back. And once pollution started coming back to the earth, right? From, because from mankind, the, the, the baddies, her thing is like, yeah, human, humans are, are mucking up the earth. So like, it's only going to destroy them. So let's just not worry about it. <laughs> I yeah. so that those I are like the design figures. of Dagara yeah, a good want, bit. You want to get into the monsters? Indeed, I I like it too. I do like you know if you go through some of the on Toho Kingdom or Wikizilla, they have some of the concept art for Dagara, and it went through many iterations, but uh, most of them had the the huge kind of like conical shoulders on its wings flippers you know whatever on its back yeah most of them had that there was a form that had that was much more flying fish styled as opposed to like kind of draconic which is what it ended up being there is <laughs> a a a concept art that has uh uh bagon's head on uh Dodger's yeah body. So I, I saw that the gone always just <laughs> showing up always where... the bridesmaid never the bride <laughs> uh this was uh the only pseudomated monster in this movie and it was it was brought to life by mizuho yashida 
We saw him, of course, in the last rebirth of Mothra and as Desgadora. He was one of the two suit actors in Legion in Gamera Attack of Legion. And I think the next time we're going to see him, maybe he's in the next rebirth of Mothra. But he gets a big break because he gets to soon mate Godzilla in GMK. So we're going to oh, be seeing, cool. seeing a lot of Yoshida. Yeah, I, I, I liked this this monster a lot. I I mean, this is late in the game, so we're not going to see a lot of any new monsters. Although I, he, um, I mean, the, does the, have the a, does have a cameo appearance in um, the first Netflix Godzilla anime. Oh, well, yeah. Well, so many do. <laughs> so many. Do. I know, but it was still I mean, still that 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 one does. I mean, I, I, I like the design. I I probably wouldn't have pitted this monster against Mothra just because I mean, there's a reason Mothra was kind of a supporting monster <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because you can't really have a lot of dynamic battles unless you do something like King of the Monsters where like Mothra gets those little like like sharp legs <laughs> and and just goes to town like a backpack of hate on top of Ghidorah. Well, the, the thing that they keep doing with all these movies is just giving Mothra more and more powers, which maybe that's why they yeah. decided they didn't want it in the Godzilla Heisei continuity. It's like, well, why wasn't Mothra... <laughs> To trying to <laughs> use these yeah. powers to, to... <laughs> where, where, where was Mothra here? Yeah. Um, and I, I I do like that this really does play up the like you know the other end of the spectrum, unlike Godzilla, who is you know always kind of that you know outside of certain movies, kind of straddling the line between anti-hero and antagonist, or just you know a force of nature who happens to be in the right place at the right time. Mothra mm-hmm. is billed as an absolute hero. And, and I actually really like the opening of this movie. It feels very Richard Donner, Superman esque. It, it really does. They, they hype up the superhero qualities of Mothra Leo. <laughs> and even uh, the music, bah, 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 and I'm like, okay, this is very old school Superman. <laughs> this is cool. I like that. This movie is very comic booky in general. And I, I I I agree with you. I really like Dagra. I I think it's a a great original monster, and I like that the Barum are like part of it. Like it it, it yeah like produces them inside its body, so that kind of makes them an extension of the monster itself. Because the, the uh, spoiler warning they they nearly kill Mothra <laughs> with the 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 Barum, which is is pretty cool effect of you know having all these little splotches of yes, very small starfish on the, you know, huge Mothra really appreciated that. And like you said, we, yeah, we do get another new Mothra design in the, the aqua Mothra, which, yeah, that's another one. I gotta say that, that design is slick. I like it a lot. (laughs) You should take a look at some of the other designs that they, they parsed through on, the, the the Toho Kingdom for page for this for this film. There's some really cool ones. I think they went with like a good mix of of qualities. Um, it it really felt kind of like almost like an Ultraman transformation <laughs> or or some sort of Tokusatsu transformation because that that Aquamatra like thing just felt like oh they they just they morphed and they're they're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's something that you know we had seen Batra do, but I don't think Mothra did it in the first rebirth of Mothra. I think it had to go through the metamorphosis. But this time, it's just a superpower that Mothra can turn off and on. Now is <laughs> just yeah. turn into a a different form, kind of 
like Mega Man. <laughs> yeah, because he's yeah, yeah, that's a better better way. Because like he's got like kind of like a thin look, but I noticed like I was looking at the the concept art and they almost kind of a koi fish route with with Mothra, which wouldn't have been bad, but I think would have been I think too much. I, I think the way that I think the way, like you said before, I think they kind of mixed all the elements properly and gave us the best of both worlds in 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 that design. And it's a cool look at design. Like, I mean, you talk, we talk, we talk as fans of of Japanese genre fiction. We we often say, maybe sometimes derogatorily, that some of these things are existing only to sell toys. But hey, I want that toy. <laughs> Honestly, all of Mothra's transformations in these movies are really beautiful, really cool mm-hmm. designs. I think they the the sculptors put a lot of time into kind of thinking about how. You know, yeah. Spoiler: In the next movie, we get armor Mothra, and you know, like, what does that mean, and like, how does that, you know, affect its flying and and change up how it it operates? So, some really cool stuff that did it with the director of special effects for this film was Koichi uh, Kawakita again, <clears throat> and I think he put a lot of these designs forward as as part of his his work on on this movie, and I think he did the previous movie as well. Don't check that. Yeah, I, 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 I yeah. would say that the the designs and the special effects aspects in terms of the kaiju are far and away the best part of this movie. Now, a lot of people might be thinking, well, yeah, duh, this is why you're watching kaiju films. <laughs> That's true. However, most of this movie is focused on some of the most unlikable protagonists that you're ever going to come across. <laughs> uh, in the most boring kids that I think we might have had in kaiju cinema so far, <laughs> I I gotta say the human aspect of this movie just flopped for me in this one. But what if the humans had a a little kaiju monster? Oh yeah, so toys. We he, didn't he, talk about Gorgo. He, yeah, let's t- let's talk about Gogo or Gorgo or whatever. It's the oh. the the. So I want to be in the pitch meeting. Like, I feel like this is like a key and peel gremlins two style, like pitch where it's like, okay, we have this cute thing. Like was Furby even out at that point? And it probably just a, a, a mogwai, except I don't think Furbies were no Furbies weren't out yet, but it looks like a Furby. You have a mogwai like the gremlins movie. Oh, okay. Oh, kids, oh. kids, kids love that. Miles, the okay. release date for Furbies was 1998. Did they steal the idea from? No, they did not. The mother of two. They stole it from gremlins. <laughs> and then this thing is going to either piss or poop on you. We don't know what. Cause it's kind of a bird consistency. It and when it does so magical, miraculous water that it just that it releases miles. from its body it, um, it just looks like it's peeing because that's what the kids like it looks in their like toys. poop it's, and it's, it's the, liquid the, the first time i saw and i know it's liquid yeah i understand that i'm just saying it's a lot more viscous looking than water or urine and why are we talking about this aspect of the spoiler warning but my favorite part of the movie is when like the the henchman is dying and they're just like they like squeeze gogo and then the next scene is him like not only does it heal all of his wounds oh he's got like lightning coursing through his body it it also washes the blood out of his clothing. It is like the best detergent. It gets blood out of whites. Yeah. This, and then he, yeah, he, then he's Superman after that. He's like, this, super this choice just rocked me. I was like, I, I can't believe like, because even when, even when the little girl who was like kind of a goody two shoes and the two guys are, are, are bullies and 
you know, they're teasing her and chasing her. And then, you know, oh, gosh, Rita Repulsa gets involved. I, can't, I always forget. <laughs> Bill Vera. Bill Vera. <laughs> Great. So one of the boys skins his knee after they, they escape. And, and he's like, oh, it's no big deal. And the little creature just pops up and just pops a squat on this kid. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. at first I'm like, what is happening? Yep. And, the, and then in the weirdest special effect, because like you see like it, like a kind of time lapse of mm-hmm. the wound being healed in the weirdest, the weirdest way. <laughs> like everything about the, these choices is so bizarre for me. Yeah. Go Google and, so and of weird. course the kids are like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I still have been like, this thing just went to the bathroom on me. We need a pie train, this guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, these, these, these kids are just not likable. I think they're not interesting. They don't really have any character to them. And yeah, so we've got Shiori is like the, the main character. I would say she's the girl. And then yes. you think Yoji and Kohei are the, the other two kids. And, one of them, what is what is the nerdier looking one's thing? He likes video games, I think. And the fat one likes hamburgers. <laughs> like that's the... hamburgers and the Oakland A's. For some oh, reason. yeah. Yeah. He's, he's rocking a, a <laughs> an Oakland like a, athletic shirt. An old school. Yeah. The the elephant mascot on on his, his yeah. shirt. Yeah. I uh, love which, that. I, mean, I, I think that's a lot I, of fun. I know, I know baseball is very, very popular in Japan. So I'm not I, that actually makes a little sense to me. But I'm also just like, <laughs> I was thrown off. I was like, what is this random Oakland A's fan doing here? <laughs> yeah. You know, so Miles, I I like the kids, and I'll tell you why. They are, and you mentioned this earlier, straight out of a Showa-era Gamera film. These these kids and their shenanigans in this See, movie are straight out of the 1960s. I don't think they are. I disagree with you. Because... I, I I see what you're saying. I think conceptually that that's what they're going for, but they're not really written that way. There there's mm-hmm. there is a charisma that like those two Cub Scouts have <laughs> when they're fighting off those aliens in the ship. Look, I love that stuff in in that movie. The, but those kids are like they're troublemakers, but they have they seem to have they're just a little bit better written. I don't know. The, the, like, I these think- two kids are like actual jerks. Uh, yeah, they, they start that way. And I think the point of the movie is like they, you know, learn like humanity is supposed to learn to to be nice to the planet. Yeah, yeah I, I, like I understand what the on. point of the Mothra movie is. I don't think these kids learned anything. I think, I <laughs> oh, think when okay. they go home, they're not going to do nothing. They're still going to call their teacher Harry Wart. And <laughs> Dude, the teacher situation and the, the gym teacher was very funny in the beginning. The but. teacher situation was really weird because I'm pretty sure they made a fellatio joke. And <laughs> yeah, like, and we're, the children's we're, family friendly movie. <laughs> Oh, it's like, oh no 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 no! And I'm like, what is happening right now? Like, uh, this is kid, a comedy of errors in a way that I don't think was in directly intended. <laughs> the kids <laughs> laughing about the their teacher not getting any love because he's so ugly is very funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, I don't think they learned their lesson. <laughs> Director for this film was a uh, uh, Kunio Miyoshi who. We haven't seen direct anything, but we have seen assistant direct almost like every Heisei Godzilla movie, I think, except for. Oh, that's cool. So he's like first director on everything except for, gosh, what can I remember which ones he didn't? It's it, There's only like one or two. I think it was versus Ghidorah and versus, 
Biolante. I think those are the two that yeah. he, he did not work on. I think this is the only feature film he directed. I know he did some directing for like a Tokusatsu show. Yeah, Grand Caesars, and yeah, I tried to find more information. I think he just fell out of the the career completely, kind of in the mid two thousands there. But he had been working as a assistant director and director for Toho since the mid nineteen seventies. So, you know, a career that spanned thirty years. So for sure, had a lot of a lot of time. Of course, there is Mothra's song is in this movie, but it is kind of a remix of Mothra's song. I didn't know if you enjoyed that or not. <laughs> it was it was a choice. <laughs> it's like a little like more upbeat kind of a little faster tempo Mothra song there. It almost felt like we need to get through this because we got a lot of movie <laughs> besides. Well, and, and the and these these movies are like, I mean, they're they're full on like 90 something minutes and they feel Every second, like, <laughs> and this was a problem with the last one too. Like, the pacing of that movie felt laborious, and and that does not get any better with this movie. In fact, I think this one feels more laborious in its pacing than the last one. And well, the last one is a little bit longer than this one. This one's ninety nine minutes. The first Rebirth of Mothra was one hundred and six minutes. But yeah, that that's kind of too long for a kids kaiju movie, you know? Well, especially a kids kaiju movie that kind of just repeats itself a little bit, like. I feel like if they had cut like 15 minutes in this movie, just make it a little bit leaner and hey, even go even go show with it, maybe like 87 minutes long. Uh, like there's, there's definitely a bit where the, the kids are in the Nalai Kanai ziggurat pyramid. Yeah, that I, could look, be cut I'm down conceptual of all the stuff that takes place in the in the mythical pyramid. But like all of it just feels like they were just like pressed for like, oh, we need to hit a certain time mo- moment. So we're going to stop well, and we're going to show you everything. <laughs> what, what it felt like to me was they had spent all, so much of their budget on those sets and on those designs that they wanted to get the most out of it. And they do. They're in that. I mean, oh, yeah, they're a good in a for- third of the movie. They're inside. The same thing happened to me that happened to you in the last film. We're like, okay, we, we must become a climax now. And I'm looking, there's <laughs> 35 minutes left this movie. What is happening? <laughs> but the uh, what the last movie has, this one doesn't, is some really engaging kaiju fights. And Agreed. They have great looking monsters. These fights ain't it, fam. Like, it's it's honestly, in terms of the actual battle, it's pretty boring. Yeah, well, and part of that is because Dagara's kind of strategy is to evade underwater where Mothra can't really get at him and then, you know, finish him off with the Barum, which is like, okay, well, that's, I mean, it stinks for Mothra, but also stinks for the audience because we're not getting the kaiju destruction that we want. They only fight in the ocean and on the top of this pyramid. So same problem with the first Rebirth of Mothra, which is all out in the forests and the mountains. There's no city destruction. There's not really much of a change of scenery at all here in this this film. Um, so, yeah. Did you have any favorite moments of, of the film? Anything that stood out to you? I mean, we already talked about the Furby that just goes to town on people. So, we, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so honestly, good. the 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 introduction of Aqua Mothra is pretty freaking dope. Like. It's a little confusing. I don't don't quite understand all of Aqua Mothra's powers. Like I have no idea what is going on because they don't it, explain it. But it, like it looks cool. And Aqua Mothra, I was like, you know what? Like that's 
shrink down and multiply into Dagara's bloodstream, I think, <laughs> underwater. And then and there's like, like more Mothras. Um, there's several. It's listed in Wikizilla as micro Mothra. It's like, OK, well, yeah, what does that mean? So I don't understand. I just that, that transformation, that transformation scene was pretty dope. And it's a weird scene, but like I do like how they did when when Bulk is walking in <laughs> on top of the invisible bridge the first time. Like mm-hmm. I thought that sequence was really well done and like did capture some of that kid <laughs> fantasy adventure yeah, that well, they're going for. That's like that's I, I feel of, like the rest um, of the whatchamacallit um the last crusade in the engines and the last crusade yeah it's, it's definitely bridge, that, so much that fun vibe i felt like they were going for kind of a maybe a goonies or yeah goonies. like an indiana jones kind of vibe <clears throat> yeah and totally it doesn't really succeed for most of that entire <laughs> half of the movie but that that seems like that really kind of do nail that and i i, I really did enjoy that particular sequence a lot i thought Honestly, any anything with Harry and Marv and the the bad Elias, <laughs> Belvera, Belvera, yeah, I I, I like I liked... her. I I think she's great. I just think how the movie utilized her was kind of trash. It's it's and especially since she doesn't stick to her convictions. Like, oh, she magically wants to help them. I'm just like, yeah, I I don't buy that. I really like Garu Garu in this movie. Her mount looks mechanical now so like bits yes. and pieces of that were stripped away at the end of the last movie don't grow back they're just gone and now it looks like she's just riding this clockwork little dragon which is and i mean the design, cool. design is still great for that for that thing i mean everything her costume is just so good too it's like they they really <laughs> i kind of wish they had more of the the Elias in, in this movie and, and maybe one they, less kid. <laughs> yeah. And I wish they just kind of wrote them in a little bit more interesting manner because even the Elias were kind of, they're just there. Like they yeah, don't, they don't yeah. really do anything in this movie. Yeah. They're not even as kind of buddy, buddy. I guess the kids yeah. have go, go in, in this movie to, to be their kind of, the, the oh. thing that they need to shepherd around and those the eyes and that thing. I, I don't know <laughs> what they were doing. It's like, you have this idea of this cute creature that purrs, like a cat, because they 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 capture that's one hundred percent kitten purrs that they're they're capturing there for mm-hmm. it. But then they just give it the like, what if we give it the most nightmare eyes you have ever seen? <laughs> the director gave the designer a picture of Steve Buscemi and was like, take these eyes and put it in a Furby, and then that's yeah, what Steve they did. Buscemi eyes. They, I agree. <laughs> they had some you know initial designs for the Go Go pre- presented by picture book and anime artists Yasuko and Biru. And if you look at those, you find seek those out online. They're adorable. It's just like a little ball of fur with two black buttons. Yeah, eyes. it's like a little like a little trib. It, it honestly it looks like yeah. a creature that would have been designed by Hayao Miyazaki. Like it looks yeah. like a Ghibli design. Yeah, it's adorable. And I think it would have fit very well with the fairy mom. Yeah, this this thing more. is great. And then what they and then and then you see the final design. You're like, what is this nightmare? Why? Why did this? What? It's got a tail with like the the magical bands on it, and some of the beside the scenes are very fun of like how they <laughs> they kind of puppeted this little thing around the set. But it's just it's not. It doesn't look good. It's definitely gremlin esque. It's 
pre-Furby Furby, but like yeah. scary eyes <laughs> Furby, which I'm, I'm sure someone someone made. But yeah, I'm not not a fan. And then the fact that it has to pee on you to save your life. No, thanks. I'll die. <laughs> nah, nah I'm, I'm good. I'll just pass away. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go towards that light over there. <laughs> the criticisms for this movie out there online, they're pretty rough. A five out of ten on IMDb, basically 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's the audience score. And then about the same, like a 2.6 out of five on Letterboxd. I don't know if they're that bad is definitely not as good as the first rebirth of mothra but i had with them (laughs) i had such a fun time let's get to the rating of this because i'll I'll start off i'm giving an 8 out of 10 for enjoyment i enjoyed this as much if not more than the first movie and yeah it was was very fun diving into it like i said i'm a big fan of the show eric gabra movies and this felt like one of the best looking of those films so i i was very eager to just turn off my brain and be like, this is for kids. Like imagine if you're a kid trying to watch this, you might enjoy some of the, the aspects here and yeah, you know, it didn't have any swinging turtles or, you know, super wacky villains, but yeah, it also did not have the Kaiju action that I was looking for. So eight out of 10 for me. What about you miles? I had trouble with this movie, Patrick. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of trouble with this movie and I honestly did not really enjoy my time with it. I felt that it was just, it felt way too long. The characters didn't seem existent. And to me, there wasn't really any satisfying kaiju action to make up for that. Like, this is not a movie that I'm going to like seek out to watch again. Mm -hmm. I might look up clips of Aqua Mothra or like maybe some stuff of, (laughs) you know, some of the monsters. But I I think that's what I did before. I only just watched the kaiju bits of the movie. (laughs) And the kaiju bits are at least interesting. But as far as my personal enjoyment, like I just did not have a good time. I was checking the timestamp on it frequently. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I had this like existential horror when I saw there's 35 more minutes. 35. So, like, this is obviously not a horrible, horrible disaster of a movie. But in terms of my personal enjoyment, like, I'm not going to watch this one again. I thought it was a pretty rough movie to get through. So, in that aspect, it gets a 5 out of 10. So low. Yeah, this is one that I I will watch again. When I'm in that mood, you know, the technicals are definitely where this film falls flat. I feel Mm. like they tried to do too much and especially do too much with the blue screens and so many of those shots just did not look, you know, movie quality. It looked TV quality. And, you know, besides being a copy carbon copy clone of that first movie and just, you know, don't destroy the environment, kids, (laughs) instead of the, the rainforest or the 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 ancient forests in the first movie, you got the ocean here and polluting or overfishing the ocean. And yeah, whether this is kind of a standalone adventure or they tried to connect it in some ways to the first movie that didn't really come through. So I think the kaiju effects do look good. The pseudimation is leave something to be desired. And I think that's just the disconnect of using a a large flying uh 
puppet prop for Mothra and then someone pseudomated, it's really hard to get those to dynamically kind of like fight one another. But I do like Mothra just pulling out special effects and new powers all the time. The <laughs> Aqua Mothra is, is a lot of fun. And <laughs> I like how, yeah, his Mothra's plan is just like, Oh, you, you're going underwater. Well, guess what? Now I can too. I've got that superpower as well. But yeah, but it definitely a lot of, of things that didn't measure up to the first rebirth of Mothra film. So I'm giving this a six out of 10 for its technical. What about you, Miles? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, I do like the design work a lot for these creatures. Like, I mean, that stuff stands tall. It's just it's a bummer that everything else about this production falls so flat. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the script to the the actors and the the adults aren't really that bad. They're they're being asked to play cartoons, and this movie is a cartoon. There's a scene where a cat like gets like <laughs> that poor cat, Miles. like lo- like lightly singed and like it like flies up in the air like it's a a, a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah, there's definitely um, a production assistant off camera just like throwing a cat at some point <laughs> in this right. production. So, and I. I it's one of those things where this is this is why kids movies get a bad rap is because they're mm. off, often like assumed to be lowest common denominator. Like, let's just make some of the emulates a cartoon without any of the intelligence that goes into a good cartoon or a good animated film. But just like please the kids and pander to them. And that is the very reason why people don't don't hold so many amazing films for this demographic too high regard is because of movies like this for me. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think that everything about this feels like it's a TV show and not in a good way. And despite the phenomenal design work by the, the Kaiju crew. Yeah. It's a six out of 10 for me. Yeah. I feel like with its runtime, this could have been cut up into like four episodes that were about 23 minutes each. Very, well you know like and you know what if they had done that i'd be kind of curious how i'd feel about it it definitely definitely felt like it could have for sure but yeah i i so we're in agreement there but for its evocative nature i'm probably going a little bit higher than you i think this does exist you know on the scale of all kaiju movies it's i'm gonna be a little bit more lenient on it but i don't think it is as bad for kaiju movies as some of the reviews seem to think it is i mean we get an amazing new kaiju we get new lore for mothra for like the mothra universe and like i said this plot being kind of a throwback to showa era gamera movies more than anything i i really enjoyed all positives for for this movie and i i think make it you know at least they tried more with this than I think in, in the first movie, so much of it didn't work obviously, but I, I definitely, I mean, I enjoyed these kids at least more than the, the kids in the, the first movie. <laughs> Not that that's saying a lot, but both the kids and the, the adult actors, I mean, none, none of them are good. <laughs> I, I prefer the first ones a little bit. They had a little bit more, charisma they're they're not any better written Uh, they're they're written about the same amount of garbage (laughs) i think it was because their brother and sister just wasn't as interesting and made that more of a family-friendly adventure where this felt like a kid's movie and like a kid can see themselves as you know the little girl shiori or one of those two (laughs) 
terrible voice. So yeah, I'm giving it a seven out of ten for its evocative nature. What about you, Miles? I'm sticking with the six. I'm I'm kind of with where everyone else is. I I do appreciate that it does add some new lore, adds a new kaiju that does go a long way into adding things to the kaiju canon. But everything else, it falls so short. And the entire time, I'm, I'm like, I feel like I would rather watch another kaiju film. Like it reminds me of movies that I liked better. But it doesn't do a whole lot. And this is a this is a an entry that's often shrugged off in in the the franchise and in the Heisei era at large. And for me, I I kind of see why. So I'm kind of sticking with that one. I yeah, I mean I definitely think it's more evocative than it is uh, enjoyable. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sticking with the six. Okay, that is perfectly fine. Brings your score to to uh, kind of a higher six, and me just a straight seven. And our podcast final a seven out of ten for rebirth of of Mothra two. The first movie we gave an eight to. I definitely think this is. I should have, I should have given something lower? I didn't expect you to go so high. But it's definitely one or two points below. The the first one we we both gave Rebirth of Mothra the first film an eight an eight so yeah that, that was a pretty that was enjoyable solid one yeah I can I can see personal enjoyment you know skewing skewing the numbers here like I said I'm ready I'm ready to watch this again you know <laughs> it's it was it was fun enough for me and I really I I hope this isn't a continuing trend for Rebirth of Mothra three which we're gonna look at in a Gosh, a couple months. There's actually a few things, <laughs> a few big Godzilla things between now and then. But right. So, yeah, podcast final seven out of 10. Where can folks find us if they want to talk all things Kaiju or Mothra Miles? Uh, you can email us at Kaiju versus history at gmail.com. You can tweet to us at Kaiju versus history. Um, are, we're on Blue Sky, aren't we? I believe so. All right. We're at Kaiju vs. History, uh, Blue Sky. Let me double um, check. Yeah. <laughs> you can go to our website, kaijuvshistory.com. Please rate, review our show, comment, share with your friends, and let us know what you think. Check out our letterbox account to see the, all of our reviews and watch our list of films. Patrick. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? I'm taking this one. Oh, okay. Thank you, Patrick. And okay. thank you, listeners. And we're going to catch you next time when we take another detour into American cinema. For a kaiju-adjacent film that you might not often think about, but falls into a campy corner of 90s cinema. Oh, yes, that's right. Tune in next time for History vs. Deep Rising.